Welcome to Step 1 Success Stories by Physio, Episode 2. I had two kids, you know, that I was taking care of on top of, you know, coursework and things. But I think, one, just making sure that you're taking care of yourself because I realized very quickly that if I wasn't taking care of myself and doing things for me, I wasn't going to be the student or the mother that I wanted to be. You're listening to Step 1 Success Stories by Physio, the playbook of those who dominated the USMLE. If you want to learn how to excel on Step 1 and get into the residency of your choice, then you're in the right place. Stay tuned and join the thousands of others who have mastered Step 1 concepts using physio.com. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. Today we interview Camila, who is a third-year medical student at Alabama College of Osteopathic Medicine. And to help me with this, I'm here with my co-host, Rhett Thompson. How's it going, man? It's going so good. Right now, I am just planning on going to Legoland with my family. Got my wife, Jade, and then our three kids, ages five, three, and zero, I guess. <laughs> and I am so excited. Now, just got burnt out super quick, found an opportunity to go, and decide we're going to go to Legoland. And all of my idea, this was not proposed by our children. This was not proposed by my wife. It uh, is all my idea. I love Legos and I'm hoping to make my kids love Legos as much as I do. And so I'm hoping Legoland is fun. So just planning on that and things are good that way. That sounds super fun, man. I'm jealous. Maybe maybe uh, after you go, you'll have to tell us about it and then I can take my family. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, cool. Let's introduce our guest for today. So like I mentioned, her name is Camila. She is 32 years old and she's kind of from all over the place. She grew up in the military and so she went to high school in Florida and then Texas. She, she did college and then she got into the Alabama College of Osteopathic Medicine and she's currently a third year medical student and she's considering going into internal medicine or family medicine. So I felt like this interview was uh, really good, really uh, just inspiring it's a really a story about perseverance. You know, and this podcast is all about success on step one. And I think it's also important to talk about those who struggled with the exam because I think there are many people in that boat. And so while she did struggle and, you know, she actually failed the first time she took step one, she was able to persevere and overcome those failures. And we really get into that and talk about her perseverance and how she ultimately, you know, overcame that ex and succeeded uh, the second time around. So I, I think this will be a really good story about perseverance and just really good for a lot of students to hear. And with that, let's uh, bring her on the show. All right. Well, uh, welcome to the show, Camila. We uh, really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. Well, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, kind of start from the beginning and tell us what got you interested in medicine. Okay. I had a very non-traditional path to medical school. I actually dropped out of high school and never really planned to go to college, but through some chain of events, I went back and I, I graduated on time. I got my degree. I walked the stage and um, decided I did want to go to school. And I was actually working as a cook in a psych hospital <laughs> while in college and somebody convinced me to get my CNA. And then kind of from there, I just realized that I loved medicine and I wanted to be a physician. I worked with doctors and just saw 
you know, how they had such a unique position to really advocate and fight for their patients and their patients' rights and, you know, what they felt was right for them. And that just really drew me to medicine. And so I, you know, just decided that that was the path I wanted to take. And it took me almost 10 years. I took about six years to graduate with my four-year degree, (laughs) but I also had a child, you know, as a single mom through college. And when I started applying for college, I actually had just had my second, or not college, I'm sorry, for medical school. I had actually just had my second son. So I took some time off and, um, but I just, I stayed focused. Like I knew that's what I wanted to do. I did research. I did a lot of things in between and just kind of worked my way up. And um, fortunately I only had to apply to medical school once. I applied, I was in Texas. I applied everywhere in Texas and then um, a few DO schools that I really loved and found ACOM, Alabama College of Osteopathic Medicine. And that kind of got me to where I'm at now. <laughs> sounds like a lot of uh, good experiences and sounds like you really had to kind of persevere throughout, you know, that period leading up to medical school. Yeah, it, it's hard. I mean, a lot of people might not have stayed that track, but it's just, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so I just really stuck with it. Yeah. So, so you got into Alabama College of Osteopathic Medicine or ACOM for short, they say, right? Could you take us back to that? Maybe like the first couple days or first couple weeks of going there and what that was like for you? Oh, it's so surreal. (laughs) And sometimes we joke because we're like, oh, sweet little injured medical students. They just don't know. You know, the the path has not even begun yet. It was surreal. I mean, just walking the halls and knowing that that was where I finally was, you know, and that was what I had worked so hard and for so long to get to. And it's an amazing school. And I had a really, I had really great classmates. We were all very excited. And it probably only lasts the first couple weeks because once that, once those first round of exams start coming in and you're, you're kind of realizing that you're, you're drinking from this fire hydrant of knowledge that's just being thrown at you and just trying to pick up the pieces where you can, it, it quickly gets real. <laughs> like, okay, this is, this is what you wanted. <laughs> But I mean, just the process and the journey. And I mean, it, to me, it was just kind of magical. And sometimes I feel like that hasn't ever worn off. I feel like there's still just such magic in realizing where you're at and what you're doing and that you're actually living your dream, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's important to kind of take a step back and realize just the amazing accomplishment that it is to even be in medical school. There are so many people who apply every year and so many people get rejected. And it really is such a, such an arduous process just to get there. So I like that. You know, I think it's good to take a step back to pat yourself on the back and just think, wow, like I'm, I'm living my dreams. I'm, I'm achieving my goals. I need to pat myself on the back. That's really cool. Yeah. And to people who are about to start that, that process, I just want to tell you, like, you're going to have times where you're crying and you're asking yourself why you wanted to do this because it gets really hard very quickly when you have 42 lectures in a two-week period that you have to know. But just, I think just keeping that in mind, and that's, I always kept that in mind. I always wrote kind of those positive affirmations to myself when I was going through exams and things, and just that this is what you wanted. This is what you're here for. And to remember every step that you're taking and everything that you're learning really is going to go into your patient care. Like you don't see it now because your first year 
But once you get up to like your third and fourth year and things and you're seeing, you know, all the stuff that mundane things that you thought in class actually come to life when you're practicing, it's amazing. Yeah, that's really interesting. Let's let's dive into that a little bit more. You know, maybe you could talk to us a little bit more about some of those struggles and kind of that period of time leading up to step one and, you know, how, how you dealt with all the coursework and kind of balance the first board exam for you. I guess it's, it's complex. Do they, they still call that step one, right? If it's a complex? Yeah, I mean, it's the equivalent to step one. Step one is usually the USMLE for most people. And then for us, it's just the complex for DO okay. students. So I joke around that it was a lot of tears, <laughs> like my first couple of years. It was, it was kind of different for me because I had kids. I had two kids, you know, that I was taking care of on top of, you know, coursework and things. But I think one, just making sure that you're taking care of yourself, because I realized very quickly that if I wasn't taking care of myself and doing things for me, I wasn't going to be the student or the mother that I wanted to be. And I still struggle with this, but I think, but just taking it one day at a time and just every day trying to do something positive for yourself, you know, being healthy, working out, meal planning and things are going to make stuff a lot easier when you're going through your exams because there's nothing worse than already being stressed out and then eating really bad food and not sleeping. So those are just some of the things that I struggled to kind of get in line. And I don't know if I could say I ever 100% got them in line, but I know that it's all about progress. You know, I would practice, try to practice things every day that kind of helped that journey along. and. When you're going through it leading up to your step one, I mean, I tried the best that I could to just take everything I could from each class. And I tried not to focus so much on what the grade was as much as, okay, well, what did I learn? And for me, that that was a great process. I just realizing how much you learn in such a short amount of time and, you know, how you, your brain just kind of develops during that time is really (laughs) interesting but then leading up to step one, or my comlex, so that was, I took it in July, and we ended classes in May, and then our school has us do like a prep program through up through June, and then I took my, my comlex. For me, I have always had a lot of uh, testing anxiety. I've never really done very well on exams as far as Uh, standardized exams. Like my grades were pretty good. I had A's and B's, you know, through my coursework, but I think it was just never really acknowledging my, my testing anxiety for standardized exams. As I mentioned previously, I almost didn't graduate from high school. I had never taken an SAT. I didn't take ACTs. Some people say I snuck my way into medical school. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I just made it. But so, you know, the MCAT was my first standardized exam and I only took it, I took actually my MCAT twice. Um, and I think I made a 24 my first time. I don't know how the scores are. They've changed since I did it, but, and then I made like a 25 or 26 the second time. So I didn't have the greatest of MCAT scores, but even with that, I, I felt like, you know, I put everything I could into my coursework. And so I kind of thought that that would help it, help me do better on my, my complex one, but I didn't, I actually did not pass my complex one. Okay, so you failed the first time. Can you give us an idea of what the exact passing score is just for a lot of the MD students who aren't as familiar? Oh, yeah. So passing is a 400. Okay. I made a 387. So I didn't 
completely tank it there. And the difference with the complex versus step is complex is it has a lot of what we call osteopathic medicine in it. So as a DO, we do osteopathic medicine. This revolves around a lot of musculoskeletal issues and things like that. And it's not as, you know, in, in step, you had a lot of, here's a question, what's the pathway? For complex, it's a kind of a lot more convoluted than that. And it's more, I don't know really how to describe it, but it's just, it's not like, I guess you would say first order type question, you know, like I felt first step, you guys do a lot of first order. Is this correct? Am I? Um, there's some question banks that are more first order as you get more towards like U world and then NBMEs, they end up being mm-hmm. taking a lot of steps and, and skipping, you know, there's like third order type stuff, I think is pretty much the standard. Yeah. But it's more science based. You know, you guys do a lot more of like the bio or biochem and stuff like that. I used UWorld and I was actually scoring like in the 70 percentile. What I messed up on was I didn't do osteopathic question banks. So, okay. Yeah, I actually did not pass because my osteopathic section was the lowest. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's kind of a mistake I feel like I made is that I was focused on UWorld. You know, I was going to take step one also. And I had taken my practice exams and I was doing like 220s on my practice exams for those. But when I went and I actually took the complex, I had not prepared properly for the osteopathic portion of it. And that's what kind of tanked me (laughs) on that. Yeah, that's kind of, I don't know. I think for a lot of DO students, it's probably a little frustrating and a little, I don't know, just disappointing that like you have to study for that extra content, you know? Because as an MD student, you you're solely focused on, you know, all of the clinical stuff and like the science stuff. But then when you when you go to a DO school, you have to throw in that osteopathic aspect. And I would suspect that for some people, that's kind of frustrating and probably hard to to study for. Would you say that's fair? Yeah. Well, yeah, that is fair. But and what's really funny is that like I mean I love the osteopathic part of it, but it's just. You know, and if you're not an osteopathic student, you probably don't understand this, but there's just a language to it, you know? So it's like when they're describing the patient, they're not going to say like the patient was kind of, you know, his back was aligned this way. It's like, you know, they're flexed, side bent right, rotated left, like, and then you got to relate this to how it affects the pelvis. And, you know, it's just, it's a lot of mechanics, Mm. you know, biomechanics of the body. And I really like it. And I, I very much practice a lot of osteopathic techniques and manipulation. Um, just unfortunately, I just didn't prepare for that properly. Yeah. No, I could understand. That's, that's, that's kind of tough. Yeah. So I'm curious what your study routines were like leading up to that first time that you took the exam and then the second time when you passed the exam, what your study routines were like. See, what's, what's difficult for me on this part is that I feel like my study, my study routines were okay. You know, I would, I'm a really early morning person. I had children and stuff. And so I usually would wake up at like 4am and be studying. I would start studying probably around um, 435. I would do practice questions. I would do like a block of questions. And then I would take those questions and spend probably a pretty decent amount of time going through each one of them. And then I would take the subjects that I wasn't doing well on, and that would be that would be what I would study like the rest of the afternoon. And then I would study like the next day. I would kind of do like a review 
of what I had gone over the day before, you know, so say biochemical pathways or different metabolic disorders or something. And then I would do a block of questions, kind of like I would do one block of questions, just kind of focused on those topics. And then I would do like another block with all of the topics. And then I would make another list of, okay, well, these are the things you need to study for the rest of the day or review for the rest of the day. And then that was kind of the process that I used. I, the resources I used, I used UWorld. Obviously, physio was a lifesaver for me because physiology was always kind of one of my lesser scores. And I used um, Pathoma as a reference, but really I had used Pathoma so heavily during my courses that it was just pretty much like a review for me. Um, I loved sketchy, like sketchy medicine. I used sketchy farm and sketchy micro. That was like <laughs> my Bible for those subjects. And then when sketchy path came out, I kind of just used that as a reference source um, because they do a really good job of putting all of the content together, you know, kind of tying in a whole lot of subjects that you maybe not have tied in with that specific disorder and just kind of use that as like a fill in the blank thing. But I think Physio and UWorld were like my two, like the things I would actually sit there and watch and re-go over and stuff like that. But so that was, and I mean, that was my first time, but you also have to throw in there that I finished school in May, my kids got out of school and we actually had to move because my rotation started in August and I had to be in Mobile. So I had to move like almost four hours and find a place and move all my stuff. And, you know, I'm doing this mostly by myself <laughs> at the time. So I think I had a lot of personal things going on. And if I had gone back, what I would have done differently really is I would have just postponed the test because at the time I thought, oh, I have to take this exam by this date. And even if I don't feel ready for it, you know, and I've got all these extra stresses, I was going to push myself to just do it um, because you're never really going to feel ready. And I just wanted to do it. And I think that was a mistake. I should have realized everything I had just had to go through, like finishing second semester, being like moving my children, finding a place to live, those types of things. So I tell people like when I'm mentoring some of my second years that I work with, I just tell them like, if you don't feel ready, if things are going on, like just postpone it, like don't force yourself to take it. Yeah, I think that's good advice. And I imagine it's just difficult in general for students in your position, because there's several schools out there that you need to move for third year. And so seeing that, at the, that you're going to have to move right after you take your complex, then I imagine that's a lot, you know, it's a lot of stress. And in your situation, you would have had, from my understanding, you have currently a nine-year-old and a two-year-old? Uh, nine and five. Yeah. Nine and five. Were, oh. Yeah. But I mean, he was four. He was, they were four and eight at the time. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I can imagine that's super tough. So just to clarify, you used UWorld and you would start doing like a block of questions and then you would see which areas you were weak on and then you would spend the rest of the afternoon focusing on those weak points. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And then, yes. okay, and then you would try to review the following day some of those pathways and things that you struggled with or that you learned and studied the previous day. Mm-hmm. What, what kind of system did you have for review? Did you ever use flashcards? I know flashcards aren't for everybody, but kind of what was your system? I tried. I mean, I tried the flashcards. I found that my handwriting was too sloppy to keep up 
So I would, sometimes I would copy like some of the Anki decks that other friends would have. Like I would just kind of like flip through those and then like kind of make my own through there. I would do some of the Anki. But mostly I think the most beneficial thing is I would literally just make my lectures. Like I would make a lecture and I would just teach that lecture, like going through it on the whiteboard, making sure I could draw out these pathways that I could explain them out loud, that I could uh, explain them to other people. And I think that was probably the most beneficial thing, at least for me, because I'm a very kinesthetic learner and it helps me to talk things out. So that's, that's basically what I do. I just go in with a whiteboard and make sure I could do everything on the whiteboard and teach it like I was teaching a class. That's interesting. I, it's been said, I'm sure, many times that if you teach it, you learn it. It's kind of an effective way to to learn content. So it sounds like you were kind of almost preparing a lecture to, to teach yourself or teach somebody else. Which I, think, I think that's good. I think that's mm-hmm. good advice. What's interesting to me is that it sounds like you did a lot of the things that a lot of very successful people do. Mm-hmm. You know, you were doing UWorld, you were doing Sketchy, you were watching videos, you, you know, you're using Physio, uh, you're using Pathoma. Those are all things that a lot of people have done in the past and have been very successful mm-hmm. on, their, on their first board exam. So... You know, and as you as you've already said, I guess the the osteopathic aspect was really a struggle for you. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else that you felt like maybe you could have done better during that time of preparation that could have improved your score? Yes, I th- and, and I think, like I said, I think the number one thing is recognizing your weaknesses. And for me, it was anxiety, and I just had so many other things going on at that time, but I just wanted to keep pushing myself. And I didn't, you know, bring this to my school, who would probably have been very understanding and said, okay, like, you know, you can postpone it. But if you postpone it, like that means you're kind of postponing rotations. And this is what this could mean. Because ultimately, I ended up having to do those things anyway, I had to retake it. And I took it the second time, but that still put me, you know, a little bit behind on my rotations. But if I had just said, hey, I'm, you know, going through all this stuff and my scores, you know, on my practice tests and things like they actually make you take a practice exam at my school. And if you don't make a certain score, then you have to keep taking it and they won't let you take your exam until you make a certain score. And I had already made that score. Like I made way above what they had asked. And I still, you know, feel like I I didn't perform on the exam because my anxiety was just way too high at the time, you know, to really let all the effort and everything that I had worked for actually reflect on the exam. Okay. So that's really interesting. It sounds to me like your routines were successful and that you wouldn't really change how you approached it and your study habits, but you would have like to have more time and more focus to devote to your studies? Is that fair to say? Yeah, because, you know, we got out of school and my thing is, you know, we had to move. And so basically I spent a month before my exam moving and getting everything settled and things like that. And it just, it put a lot of extra stressors on me that really took away from the ability to perform, I guess it just increased my performance anxiety a lot. And yeah, I I wish I had just been honest with my school about that and um, asked them if I could take it a little bit later. Yeah, totally makes sense. 
I'm curious, when, when you were initially preparing for the exam, did you get through all of UWorld and did you feel like you got through all the other resources that you were using? Or did you struggle to get through all the content? Yeah. Well, no, because I, I mean, I started using Sketchy first semester of medical school because I had already, you know, talked to people and they had, you know, told me what to do. So I was already using Sketchy and Pathoma, like from the first semester when most people didn't start using it until second semester or even, you know, the beginning of second year. So I had already, like, by the time I was getting ready for boards, I was just re-going through those materials. Uh, Physio, I got towards the end because it hadn't come out yet. And that was a game changer for me. It really increased my physiology scores significantly. So, I mean, the resources and things. I, I did UWorld. I completed UWorld one and a half times. I didn't get through all of the questions the second time. But I did complete it, and I completed it. I think I was sitting at, like, 67 to 70%, which from what I've been told, that's kind of where a lot of people yeah. are. <laughs> I mean, maybe some people are up there in like the eight, but you know, I'm not trying to get like a 600. <laughs> so, you know, I felt comfortable and my advisors, you know, because my school is really, they're so good about trying to just make sure that their students are taken care of and that we have the resources and we, you know, know what's going on. And, you know, that's why they, they make us take an exam and make sure that we can pass that before they, you know, allow us to take the exam because they want us to be prepared. And so, you know, my advisors, they had looked at, you know, my, they make us do UWorld. So would see what I was doing there. They would see what I was doing on my other stuff and was not expected for me to not do well. So. Huh. Interesting. So if I could sum it up, it sounds like then that you used a lot of these amazing resources for step one and you used them successfully and you completed them and you did what many people do and do various and and who ultimately do very well on step one but it sounds like what maybe hindered you from succeeding on the exam were a number of factors including the situation where you had to move and you know you didn't exactly study enough i guess it sounds like for the the osteopathic aspect of the test so maybe like the the timing of the test and then you know the the osteopathic aspect as well as your your anxiety around the exam really were what kind of made you not do as well as you had hoped. Would you say that's fair? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would totally say that that was fair. And I, you know, talking to other people who've kind of gone through similar situations, you know, it's like, I think that that's one thing I wanted to address on this, you know, for people who are getting ready to take their boards is, you know, there's so much anxiety around failing Sometimes it's a self-fulfilling thing, you know, because, you know, you have anxiety, but we don't address it. And then that ends up kind of leading us to not do as well. But for those who are preparing, I would say if you have anxiety issues, like make sure that you address them. And another thing is like, if you do end up not passing, realize that that score does not mean you're not going to get into residency. It doesn't mean you're not going to be a doctor, like take a breath really just take a deep breath and realize that it's going to be okay. Because I think that that takes a lot of that anxiety going into the exam off, at least like for me, I really don't feel nearly as stressed coming up on my step two as I did on my step one. Like I I have so much confidence going into this here in a couple months because, you know, you realize like once you've already been through it, like you're going to get through all of this and it's going to be okay. So I think just knowing that going into the exam will really help you and just sharing your struggles too, because people who share, shared their struggles with me when I was going through this, 
like helped me so much to alleviate a lot of the anxiety that I felt and, you know, to not give up. Even if you don't pass the first time, like know that it's going to be okay. <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I, I think that's going to be, you know, it's really inspiring and it's going to be helpful for students. And you came out on top. You were victorious. Can you tell us a little bit more about how <laughs> you ended up succeeding in the end and, and what you did, what you changed or, or anything like that to address the issues that stood in your way? Yeah. One, I mean, I really went to my school and, you know, told them kind of what was going on and, and just opening up to other people about it. And that really helped me to kind of address my own anxiety and see what I needed to do about it. Um, I started meditating <laughs> a lot, as kind of silly as that might sound to some people. But the, whenever I would study, I would take, I would try to study like 20, 30 minutes and then do like a 10 minute yoga slash meditation. Like the second time around, I feel like the first time I was just like trying to swallow up all the knowledge and like review, review, review. I don't feel like I took enough breaks or uh, took care of myself, like working out and things like that, that really helped me to just stay calm going into the exam. So uh, I think that was like one of the biggest things that I did. I just, I just kind of gave it all <laughs> to God. I was just, that's, yeah, that's honestly really the biggest thing that I changed when I was studying was I just meditated throughout my study breaks and, you know, just really got help for my anxiety. That's really interesting. I think that that speaks or that says a lot about, you know, how important it is to take care of yourself in medical school and take care of yourself while you're preparing for the exam because you were doing a lot of things right, you know, and if, and if that's the only thing you changed, you know, that, that says that you were prepared for the exam, you know, you were doing well on your, your practice exams. And it, it sounds like the, the anxiety was what really stood in your way. So I guess dealing with that and sharing your experiences and opening up to other people and kind of trying to manage that was really what helped you do well the second time. Is that right? Yeah. And I just, I feel like as medical students, we don't give ourselves enough credit you know, and we're constantly like have this kind of worry. But when I took a step back and I thought, Camila, when I was trying to get into medical school, I was, you know, such a stress. Am I, am I going to get in? What if I don't get in? There's nothing else I want to do with my life. Like, what am I going to do? And then you get in. And then I got in and, you know, you think, how are you going to get through all these exams? How are you going to learn all of this information on top of, you know, and everybody has their own additional stressors while they're in school, you know, mine aren't unique, but, you know, just how I was going to do it with kids and, you know, also just taking care of all these extra things and responsibilities, but then you make it through. And it's like, I made it through two years of med school <laughs> and, you know, then you're taking this exam and then there's just, there's always going to be a hill that we have to face. And I think when we just kind of take a step back and see how many hills we've already climbed, then the next hills don't look so scary anymore. And I just think that realizing that is so important for this process, you know, and I think our struggles also are just a beautiful testimony to the resiliency that I think all medical students have, because we go through so much and we keep going <laughs> no matter what that costs. And I, I just think that we need to pat ourselves, on, like you said, pat ourselves on the back and just realize that. I think that's a good point. And as you were saying that, I just got thinking about one of the things that I think a lot of students deal with is being intimidated by classmates or 
at least feeling a little bit self-conscious about your own frailties and weaknesses because your classmates don't seem to be struggling with the same thing? Oh, yeah. If you've gone through something, share it. Like if you're struggling, share. Like it's not easy, you know, to say I didn't pass my boards the first time because of the kind of stigma that sometimes that comes with. But I know that when I heard that from other people and I saw that not only did sometimes I saw somebody not pass their boards the first time and the heartache that comes on with that, but then they got the courage to do it again. Like how much courage that takes, like that's inspirational to me. And I hope that that's inspirational to others because medical school is competitive and students are constantly pressured to live up to this facade of perfection and pretend that we always have it all together. So seeing somebody else who is also, you know, not maybe meeting that, you know, ideal of perfectionism that's kind of emulated in med school. I just think that's so important because we need that to uplift each other and to know that you're not alone. Like even the people who maybe are making the best grades, they're still feeling this stress and this pressure. So just keep going. That's amazing. It's truly amazing advice. You know, I think that a lot of people are feeling probably similar to how you felt. And I think your story is just a testament to the perseverance that we as medical students have. And that even when we're struggling or we're failing or feel like we're failing, you know, there's there's hope. And it's it's awesome that you're willing to share it with other people. So thank you. Thank you. Well, I thank you guys for the opportunity. I just want to know if you have any like last bits of advice that you didn't already share. I feel like everything you shared was excellent advice. Um, <laughs> but just any parting words that you want to give to the listener? Yeah, I do. And this goes out to my second ears right now, who I know <laughs> are rocking themselves sometimes right now going through this process. But I just also want to share that like when you actually get to the words, when you're actually on the floor and you're working with patients, everything that you feel right now is going to go away. Like there was a point in between studying, you know, to take it the second time that I, I really, I had never, and it took me almost 10 years to get to medical school. I never felt like I wanted to give up as much as I had at that point. Like it's so, you know, heartbreaking. Like when you put in so much effort and you're like so confident and then that happens and you're like, oh no, like I'm that person (laughs) who didn't pass. But once I was actually able to go to the hospital and I was practicing and I was, you know, with patients and getting to work for them, it's such a privilege and it's so fulfilling on so many levels. You realize why you had to learn all of that and why you had to go through all of that because ultimately we have people's lives in our hands every day. I'm not saying every patient that you're you know, on the wards with, you're going to miraculously heal them or, you know, make a huge, huge difference in every single person's life. But there are moments that you get to make a big difference in one person's life. And that is the most rewarding thing that I've ever experienced and something that keeps me motivated. And, you know, we need good, passionate, caring physicians who really understand people and what they go through beyond just the illness that we see in front of us. And so, you know, our, our struggles make us stronger and they make us more empathetic. So just hold on because we need you <laughs> and we're like, you know, people are going to need you. So just don't give up and just know that there's a light at the end of this 
dark study tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good way to describe it—a dark study tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that. You know, I think that's—I think that's great advice. It's good to have that broad perspective, and you know, find those things that will motivate you and push you to continue onward in your journey in medical school. So great advice, Camila. We uh, really appreciate your time and thanks for coming on the show. Well, I really appreciate you guys too. And thank you. And seriously, if anybody doesn't have physio, get physio because it is really a game changer for your physiology score, obviously. And now they've got a lot of other really awesome resources. They're tagging onto it. So definitely worth it. Yeah, (laughs) really appreciate it. Thanks, Camila. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to go to our website at physio.com to check out our growing library of free step one videos. You can also find our physio group on Facebook to join our growing community of students preparing for step one. If you've been enjoying the episodes and have been getting value from the content, here are three easy ways that you can support us. One, press the subscribe button on the platform you're listening to this on. Two, leave us a review. To do that, just go to physio.com slash podcast. Three, find your friends who are in medical school or interested in medical school and tell them about the podcast. Thanks for listening and join us next time.